Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast, where I coach you in a magical experience to help you release the weight from your body and soul. I am your host, Jess. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you had a fantastic weekend. I am in Virginia Beach, and the weather is muggy as all get out. I am so ready for fall and definitely already decorated for fall. I don't know about you. Fall is one of my favorite seasons. It never used to be. I used to kind of hate fall and be really, really sad about daylight savings time specifically, Uh, but that was back when I worked in an office building all day long and basically in the shorter months, you know, never saw the sunlight at all and definitely suffered from like seasonal uh, affective disorder. I used to wake up at like 5 a.m. and sit in front of one of those sun lamps, Um, but I'm so grateful now that I can get outside as often as I want to because I work from home. And by the way, you know, I'm so different now. Uh, (laughs) I used to uh, never leave my office, even when I would, you know, have a lunch break or have the ability to take a coffee break or whatever. And I just worked through my lunches and, you know, I chose basically not to leave that building for 10 hours a day. So if you work at an office, make sure that you get outside. Even 10 minutes of sunlight directly into your eyes gives you all the vitamin D you need for the day. Um, But also one thing that really changed how much I love fall, the fall season, is my daughter's birthday is in October. So that made a big difference for me as well. So now I really look forward to that. And we look forward to trick or treat and all the fun things about fall, football season, of course. So I hope that your fall season is off to a great start. I don't know if you're football fan. Um, I'm really not, but I know that, you know, all the football just started this past weekend. So hope everybody is enjoying that. Today, we're going to be talking about the root of self-sabotage. So one concept that I like to work on with my clients all the time, and I credit this to Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School, and she calls it the model. And basically, it's an explanation of pretty much the process, the mental process that goes through everyone's head and creates the results in our lives. So it traces it all the way from pure circumstance or like just the facts of the situation and separating our facts from our thoughts, separating circumstances from thoughts. Like, man, if you just get nothing but that, like that is huge because most of us never really do that. We never really say to ourselves, wait, wait a minute, what is the pure circumstance here? And then what is the story that I'm telling myself about it? What are the words that that person said to me? That's the pure circumstance. And then what is what am I making that mean? That's the story that I'm telling myself about it. What is the number on the scale? Pure circumstance. And then what is the what are the thoughts that I'm having about that? What's the story that I'm that I'm telling myself about that? What's the meaning that I'm assigning to that? So that's where the model starts is circumstance first. Circumstances create our thoughts or trigger, I shouldn't say create, I'm going to differentiate there. So circumstances trigger thoughts. So now we're having thoughts about the situation or the circumstance, and then that generates a feeling inside of us. So depending upon the thought that we're having, two people might interpret the same situation completely differently, and then they have different thoughts and feelings regarding that situation. Okay. And then your feelings trigger your behavior and your behavior creates your results right? So pretty much everything in our life follows this pattern. And if we can first become aware of this pattern and then start to interrupt that pattern, that's how we can really get to the root of self-sabotage. So I said before, um, circumstances actually don't create our thoughts. 
Very interesting, right? Because two different people could have totally different thoughts about the same exact situation. So what does create our thoughts? Well, that's actually our beliefs. So our beliefs are really, really entrenched thoughts. Like a, we've, th- we've thought the same thought so many times that it's become a deeply rooted belief. And usually the majority of our beliefs are actually cemented in our brains um, like before the age of 12 years old. So you didn't necessarily purposefully, in most cases, you did not purposefully create that belief, Um, didn't even choose that belief. You just kind of inherited it by default, by the influencing people around you in your lives, sharing their beliefs and imparting their worldview to you. So pretty much 95% of our thoughts every day are just these subconscious repeating thoughts that are rooted in our beliefs and also Uh, when we think the same thoughts over and over again, they become deeply rooted beliefs, which uh, generates our thoughts, which generates our feelings, which generates our behavior, which generates our results. So the bottom line is that unless we actually change our beliefs, we will never have the new long-term results that we want, including with weight loss. Most of the time when people approach weight loss, they start at the level of behavior and think that they'll get a different result. So behavior creates results, right? Absolutely true. But if we just keep it at that level, behavior modification only, so I will modify my behavior and I will get a different result. The reason why that only lasts for a very short period of time, and we've all experienced this so many times, like only we have short-term success and then we fall off. Why do we fall off? Because inevitably we will always default back to behaving in line with our beliefs. So we have to make sure that we actually have beliefs that help us get to our goal. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing a sneak peek of this month's mindset class, which covers this topic exactly. And it's called rewiring our beliefs because the good news is that your brain is able to be updated. You can rewire it. Um, It's not, you know, cemented in there forever, um, but it does take time and it does take intention and it does take repeating it over and over again to create a brand new belief. So In this sneak preview of this class, you're going to hear a little bit about uh, what I have worked with um, former clients on in terms of actually helping them to identify the beliefs holding them back, question them with self-compassion to loosen the grip, to choose new beliefs that are actually going to help you. And also in this class, you won't hear about it in this sneak peek episode, but it's available in the expanded class, which you can purchase, but you'll create a morning or evening routine that actually keeps you in the process of rewiring your brain every single day. Because remember, you actually have to rehearse it over and over again to get it deeply ingrained in you. And you'll get resources in this class that you can use over and over again every time you notice a new belief that you want to change. Bottom line is this class will help you to finally break your patterns of self-sabotage by getting at the root of your beliefs. So stay tuned for this sneak peek here. I hope that you love it. And then at the end, I'll give you the information on how you can purchase the full class for just $22. It's on sale through the end of this month. Enjoy. Be right back after a quick health tip. One of the biggest challenges that comes along with eating keto or low carb is getting enough electrolytes. How do you know if you're getting enough? Well, if you have any symptoms like headaches, feeling lethargic, lack of energy, hitting a wall when you exercise, feeling lightheaded or dizzy when you stand up, leg cramps or constipation, these are all signs of an electrolyte imbalance. 
and you'd benefit from adding a quality electrolyte supplement. Maybe you're thinking you're good because you don't have any of those. I hear ya. I had been adapted to keto for so long that even though I wasn't having any of those symptoms, I was actually so amazed at how drinking electrolytes every day impacted my mood and gave me more energy that I didn't even know I was missing. Literally every cellular process in your body and brain runs off of electrolytes and they play a huge role, especially on your stress hormones, which explains the positive impact on mood. My absolute favorite brand is Element because just one serving is a thousand milligrams of sodium plus the right balance of potassium and magnesium. You'd have to drink about three to four bottles of Smart Water or Powerade Zero to get that same portion size, so it's absolutely worth the price. It's also so convenient to have the serving sticks in your purse or your pocket or while you're traveling, and then you can just mix it with water wherever you are. It's made with completely clean ingredients and uses stevia as a sweetener. While I don't always love stevia, I promise it has zero aftertaste and the taste is honestly so delicious. My favorite flavor hands down is the orange and it truly tastes like real orange, not like tang. If you miss orange juice on keto, you'll love drinking one of these every morning like I do. I also love the raspberry flavor and I like to drink it on its own or mix it with unsweetened iced tea. And I love the citrus flavor too, which tastes exactly like yellow Gatorade. If you grew up drinking that like I did and you loved it, you know exactly what I mean. If you go to drinklmnt.com, you can get a sample pack for free and just cover the shipping for $5. That way you can decide what your favorite flavor is. Then when you're ready to buy a full box, I'd love it if you'd use my referral link because I get a free box when you buy a box using my link. Just go to bit.ly slash theketofitsalt to order your next box. You're gonna love it and feel so much better. What did you learn about rewiring your brain? How do we actually do that? What's that all about? What stood out to you? Well, I'm not going to fall for the, um, under the limiting belief thing. I'm not going to fall for the, I will always be fat um, mindset because that's what I've always believed and so then I give up and and the reason I joined this group is because I was at that point where I just wasn't ever going to try again yeah so yeah thank you for sharing that that's been one of your limiting beliefs I'd love to come back to you when we talk about um the actually the rewiring the beliefs I'd love to come back to you and ask you how you worked through that in that particular exercise um so for right now I will do a little quick refresher on our reticular activating system. I'm a nerd. I love understanding how the brain works. My background is in psychology. And then I, you know, did my master's in life coaching, which of course is all about changing beliefs. And so it's helpful to understand that there actually is a science to this. Um, We have the ability to rewire our brains. Um, I'll share Jerry's real quick, and then I'll come back to that. Jerry said, I think the biggest thing for me is intention. I also want to work on believing that it's possible for me to lose weight. I think that's awesome. And I believe it because my husband learned to read at the age of 26. I believe it. Wow. That's huge. I didn't know that Jerry. Wow. Um, yeah, just, and, and I, I appreciate Jerry was sharing with me. I hope it's okay to to share this. I think it was Jerry that was sharing with me that when she heard Ellen say that she went back to school at this point in her life, that that really encouraged her because that's something Jerry wants to do is to go back to school. And sometimes we tell ourselves, oh, it's too late for me, right? What a limiting belief about that there's any kind of, that that would be at all a condition, you know, 
that, that you must do it at this critical period in your life. Otherwise, you might as well not bother. What a, what a lot of crap, right? But we just tell ourselves that. And you probably got that from somewhere, you know, but it's not true. Okay. So thank you for sharing that, Jerry. <clears throat> the reticular activating system is actually a scientific explanation for how we can rewire our brains. So the reticular activating system is our brain's filter. Um, so what it does is it filters out information that's coming in because we're getting constant stimuli through all of our senses and it filters out information that is irrelevant to us or that contradicts one of our current beliefs because it basically just says that's irrelevant. That doesn't fall in line with reality as I know it or truth as I know it. So this definitely explains why we can be so divided in our beliefs from one another um, in all sorts of arenas, right? <clears throat> but basically a simple explanation is imagine that you are shopping for a blue sedan. You want to get a new car. You really want to get a blue sedan. And all of a sudden you're driving down the road and you notice there's so many blue sedans on the road. Mm -hmm. And you wonder to yourself, are there more blue sedans than there were before? You're like, of course not. It's not that there's more blue sedans than there ever were before. It's just that I never noticed them before. Mm -hmm. So this is a prime example of your reticular activating system. It's now showing you stuff that it previously wasn't showing you because you previously thought of blue sedans as irrelevant. Not that you consciously thought of it. It's just that your brain blocked it out because you didn't need to pay attention to that. And now that you have primed your reticular activating system, so that's something that we can do. Priming means we're um, programming it to say, this is important to me now, pay attention to this, look for evidence of this. And so when you're deciding, I'm gonna buy a blue sedan, you've primed your reticular activating system to now show you that information that is now relevant to you. So what's incredible is that this happens without us being aware of it whatsoever. Um, and especially um, our reticular activating system goes into overdrive um, and, and sometimes we call this tunnel vision when we feel in danger. So imagine that you're walking down the street at night and um, there's a stranger shadowy walking towards you. Are you gonna notice that there's like an owl going, ooh, ooh, like out in the distance? Like, absolutely not. Like <laughs> your sense of hearing shuts down um, because, and you're in your vision just laser focuses. So this is another example of how your reticular activating system, when you feel threatened, kind of goes into overdrive and blocks out even more information. So this is why when we get defensive about our beliefs or we're very emotionally attached to our beliefs and then something contradictory comes along, we feel activated, we feel threatened, and even more so our reticular activating system tries to block out any actual evidence of something that would contradict that because now we feel unsafe. Um, that my whole world is crashing. Wait a minute. My, I can't handle this, you know, block it out, block it out, block it out. And all of this happens without us being consciously aware of it. Pretty incredible. Um, but it is a survival mechanism. It's something that God designed purposefully to help us survive. So imagine that there really are threatening situations, like an, a potential attacker or things like that. So this is not a bad thing. This is actually a very good thing. Um, or for, um, those of you who remember the old Superman shows, um, I grew up watching, Lois and Clark. Oh my gosh. Superman. I was, I was so in love with him <laughs> with the one with Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane. I was so in love with Dean Kane. But anyway, um, you know, when he would basically hear the cries of all of the people that needed his help, because he had the super hearing and he would, it would be so overwhelmed. He'd be like, ah, you know, 
<laughs> Imagine if your brain did not filter out the stimuli that was coming in, you would be completely overwhelmed. We wouldn't be able to handle it. So this serves us. And the way that we can actually help it to serve us even more is to understand how it works and to prime our reticular activating system to look for evidence of beliefs that serve us instead of evidence of the beliefs that are not serving us at all. You don't have to eat every meal at home and stick rigidly to a boring meal plan to be successful. You don't have to sacrifice pleasure and fun to get results. In fact, you'll probably self-sabotage if you do it that way. In the Self-Care Keto Restaurant Guide, I take you through a plan to navigate the food opportunities of eating out at restaurants from a mindset of self-care. It's a 38-page, easy-to-use, downloadable, and printable guide. And yes, I tell you exactly what to order at 41 different restaurants, fast food chains, and genres of cuisine, including American, Indian, Italian, Mexican, Chinese, Thai, sushi, etc. But here's what else you'll get from this guide. You'll feel confident and relaxed about going out to eat, whether you choose to eat keto or to have a planned deviation from it. You'll learn about and celebrate your personality type and how that impacts your food choices. Are you an abstainer or a moderator and what do you do about it? You'll learn how to have a planned deviation or a carb up when going out to eat without any guilt or drama. You'll learn how to incorporate carb cycling into your social plans and going out to eat. You'll have strategies for food and alcohol that actually work for you. You'll develop self-awareness and self-compassion for emotional eating on special occasions or even just on the weekends. You'll know how to succeed at any kind of restaurant from fast food to fine dining. You'll feel in control and have zero regrets, and you'll be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after a deviation. Head on over to theketofit.com slash restaurant to grab your copy today. Okay, so let's jump into this rewiring beliefs exercise. And I'm going to come back to Trisha. Jerry's saying, wow. <laughs> I'm glad you had an epiphany moment there, but mic drop. <laughs> um, so Trisha, I'm going to call on you because you've already shared one, but as you guys are thinking and Jerry, you know, put, put one of yours in the chat. What is a limiting belief that you know that you have held? It can be about your health. It doesn't have to be about your health. It could be about something else that you desire for yourself, but there's, there's a belief that's holding you back. So um, Trisha, you shared earlier, I will always be fat. Yep. Okay. So did you take that through the rewiring beliefs exercise in the book? Uh, basically. Okay. So there's four questions and I'm going to ask you to share with us. So the first question is, is it true? What did no. you come up with? No. no. Okay. And just as a reminder, guys, it's okay to say yes. If you, if you feel that way, if you feel like it is true, it's okay to just say, yeah, I feel like this is true, but yeah. you're saying, you're saying no right off the bat. Can you absolutely know that that's true, that you would always be fat? Can I absolutely know that it's not what? Could you absolutely know that that's true? So you've already said no, but basically it's, it's reinforcing. Is there any way to even absolutely know if this belief is true or not? So you've already said no. So if, imagine if you said yes. So yes, I will always be fat. Could you absolutely know that that's true? And then you're going to tell yourself. Well, no, how could anybody really know that that's true? That, but that question kind of confused me because I wasn't sure which way to answer because yeah. I absolutely know that I won't always be fat. Is it possible to absolutely know that? Sure. 
Is it possible to absolutely know that you that you will always be fat? I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, is anybody else feeling confused by by asking that question twice? Just raise your hand if you are. Okay. And it's okay to feel confused by it. I realize that it sounds literally redundant, um, yeah. but it, it's redundant for a reason. It's to challenge our beliefs. So if you felt like it was true the first time I asked you, Trisha, are you always going to be fat? No. But what if you said yes? Then my follow-up question to you would be, can you absolutely know that though? So it's just a way to get you thinking, to question your beliefs even more. Gotcha. If, yeah. So if you had said yes the first time, that's the point of having the second question there. I gotcha. Is okay. it absolutely, is it possible to know? Is this absolutely true though? So usually this is the point where people would say, well, no, it's not, it's not, I can't know that it's absolutely true, right? We got to at least give up that, right? Yeah, there's yeah. no way to absolutely know. And it's still okay if you say yes. Some of us feel like there's so much evidence pointing towards it. It's still okay to say yes. So the third question is, how do you respond when you believe that that's true? How do you think, feel, and act when you believe that you will always be fat? Okay, when, if, if I look at it from what you're saying, I have, I have evidence that because I come from a long line of fat ladies, yep. short fat ladies, my mom was over 400, my, uh, her two sisters are short and very, very heavy, my sister's really, really heavy, uh, my brother's, so I come from a, a long line, so obviously I've been set up, that's my genetic, I will be fat for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I've chose to tell myself not true. Yeah. Okay. So I love that you're actually bringing that up because obviously we wouldn't have this thought or belief if there were no evidence at all of it being true. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the reason that we have evidence of it being true is because our reticular activating system provided it to us based on the belief that we held. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes the belief like what was the source of the belief? Did somebody actually tell you that you'll always be fat or was it something that you feel like you just um, assumed on your own? Oh, I just convinced myself because I failed to, to the only way, well, looking back over these last two weeks, I have thought back to years ago when I was going anorexic and bulimia. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time I was, I was slender. Yeah. Besides when I, my growing up years, when I was skinny, even though my siblings called me fatty patty. So, um, you know, I've told myself that I can't, um, I had to change my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so usually these beliefs that we have, um, are formed in the first seven years of our lives. Our brains are being mainly programmed between the first seven years of our lives. And so you mentioned a childhood memory. People called you fatty patty. And so, well, yeah, that and there was a lot of child abuse and stuff too in our home. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And so as a kid, you're looking around, you're looking around at the other people in your family. I'm thinking, huh, okay, this is what we look like. I'm a part of this family. This is probably what I'm going to look like when I grow up. And now people are reinforcing. They're saying you are fat, fatty patty, right? And so that's even more so ingraining it into your brain. This is true, right? Yep. But it's, it's not true that you will always be fat, right. right? We have agency and power over our lives, but we tend to take on that belief. Again, it's unconscious. So my question to you is, how do you 
How do you react when you believe that you will always be fat? How do you think, feel, and behave? Or how have you thought, felt, and behaved in the past when you've held on to that belief? Well, depression would set in and I'd give up and I'd just forget eating correctly and just do whatever I want and sit around and watch TV all day and, you know, all that old behavior kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Defeat, feeling defeated, mm -hmm. just giving up. Useless, giving up. Yeah. It's all futile. negative yeah. words. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So who would you be without that belief? How would you feel and what would you do differently? Oh, I put down a sad, sorry person who just gives up. That's how you felt when you when you held on to that belief, a sad, sorry, a sad, sorry person who just gives up. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to let go of that belief, if you no longer had that belief, or even if you had never believed that at all, ever, what would be different? How would you think, feel, and behave? I would probably be more like my foster mom, who's nice and slender, although she eats whatever she wants to. So that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> how would I be? I don't know. Um, uh, I would be balanced for so, lack of a better way to describe it. I would be balanced. I'd, I'd be doing the right amount of exercise, not going over or not going under, doing the right amount. I would be eating healthy food all the time. I would be, you know, getting the proper sleep. I would be getting, um, reducing stress, you know, that kind of stuff, all the things. It wouldn't be perfect because I'm not dumb, um, but it would be more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you started getting into what you would actually be doing differently. Cause at first you told me what the outcome would be. Like you would be slender, right? Well, we don't really know that. Right. But you would think, feel, and behave differently if you yes. didn't hold that belief about yourself. Right. Why is that? Because you wouldn't feel like it was pointless or you would feel like you're worthy of self-care. What, what do you think is the difference there? Well, that I am worthy. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a huge thing, but it's also that I, I wouldn't, I mean, cause all my life, I've, I've pretty much believed the lies all mm -hmm. these years. And I've been trying to rework that and push that out of my mind and replace that with, with the truth. Yeah. And that's making a huge difference as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing, Trisha. So how do you feel like you're doing right now with actually, um, you know, no longer holding on to that belief about that I will always be fat? Do you feel like you still, how often does that belief pop up for you? Is it lessening? Yeah, it's lessening. Yes, yes. And that's when I joined this group, that's when I decided I wasn't going to believe that I'm always going to be fat. Yes. This and that I had control and I could do things to change that narrative. Yes, I love that. So what you're saying is instead of just unconsciously believing what you learned maybe in childhood or what was passed on to you either overtly or implicitly, um, explicitly or implicitly, you're now choosing your belief. And that is what we're getting at here is that we don't have to just keep believing the beliefs that we've always believed. 
we can choose new beliefs. We can ask ourselves, wait a minute, this belief that I've been believing, is this actually helping me or is this harming me? Instead of looking at it as true or untrue, the shift is, is it helpful or harmful? Yeah, I I believed at one time that um, if I became, if I ate the things that my mother and my sister ate, that I would be loved more. I really believed that. And so, you know, I, I went with that, but I didn't love myself. Yeah. I have to love myself first and not try and win somebody else's love, you know, doing what they're doing. I have to do what's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that really, it's a very powerful realization. Yeah. Okay. So once you have realized who would you be without that belief? So you would be a person that actually feels like it's worthwhile to practice self-care because you can change your reality by thinking, feeling, and behaving differently. And and now you actually believe that. So what could be a turnaround statement? So a turnaround statement is to actually say the opposite, like practice the, the, the literal opposite of the original belief. So the original belief is I will be fat all of my life. What could be a turnaround statement that you could say to yourself instead? I'm committed to losing excess weight so that it won't always be fat. Yes, absolutely. I'm committed to losing excess weight. So what about your belief that it's possible? So instead of saying, I will always be fat, I will be. (laughs) Oh, I will be slender. I will be able to go into a regular store and buy a regular size bra. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm going to challenge you a little bit to get away from using the word slender. Okay. Because I know that that's part of what you want, but it's not actually the totality of what you want. True. Okay. What's the totality of what you want? Well, I don't, I don't want to be on medication for diabetes. I don't want to die like my mother died. Mm. that's that that's the biggest yeah (laughs) okay so there's a fear there of dying early like your mother died okay so I'm hearing you say that you desire to live a long life quality life yes I mean I could die tomorrow car crash but I want to be able to be a a great grand grandmother. I mean, I I just became a great grandmother, but I want to be a great grandmother, you know, and be able to be healthy enough to enjoy my family and and my grandkids and my great grandkids and take care of my husband Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I don't want to be held prisoner by food. Yes. So maybe what could you, Could you turn this into one sentence? I will. Be intentional. (laughs) So I'm going to offer something to you a little bit, a little bit of um, a recap of what you've said, you know, to try to boil it down to one sentence and you go from here, but this is a little bit about what I've heard. I might might not say it perfectly. It definitely needs some refining, but what you're going to do is you're going to then turn that into an affirmation at a certain point, but I will live a rich, fulfilling, long life in optimal health. 
Okay. That's just a suggestion, but I will, I want you to start with, I will, and then say the outcome of what it is that you want. Instead of saying, I will be fat my whole life. The opposite is that you will be healthy, that you'll have energy, that you'll, you know, love, love your body, like whatever it is that is actually the opposite. What is it that you want? And then you're claiming that for yourself. I like what Jerry wrote. I like it too. Maybe not Jerry. Um, yeah. Is that Jerry? Yeah. Yeah. I like what she wrote. <laughs> I like it too. Let's say it. So Jerry will live a life that honors the beauty of what God created in me. I love that too. Yeah. So I'll take you off the hot seat for a second. Trisha. Thank you. <laughs> I won't Jerry's statement belief was I'll never weigh 150 pounds again. She believes that it is true. No, she, she can't absolutely know that it's true. What, how does she behave? How does she um, react when she does believe it's true? She sits around, she eats what she wants, and she doesn't hang out socially at all. Okay. Yeah. Without this belief, I would exercise because it makes me happy. I would eat as if I love my body, not hating it. If I didn't believe that I would not dress to hide my body. I would not be obsessed with what I can or can't eat. I'm assuming you meant eat there. Um, my statement, my turnaround statement would be, I will live a life that honors the beauty of what God created in me. So that could be your turnaround statement. So that's beautiful. Absolutely. Whatever, whatever feels motivating or inspiring to you. And it tells the truth of the belief that you actually do want to hold about yourself. That's going to be your turnaround statement. And then your turnaround statement can be you, the affirmation that you then practice every single day. So that's the new belief that you're choosing to take on. So if that fits for you, Jerry, I will live a life that honors the beauty of what God created in me. Maybe you could even be more specific than that. If it, um, you know, whatever kind of belief um, or affirmation that you're going to practice for yourself. So that could turn into, you know, I move my body every single day in celebration of the body that God gave me, or I eat foods that bless my body in celebration of the gift that God has given to me, whatever it might be, um, to then practice the affirmations that are going to, what are you going to do with that? Um, and then you're going to hold on to that belief every single day. Basically the belief is this is who I am now. I'm a person that does this because I believe this. What do you think is an affirmation that you would like to say to yourself, Trisha, based on the belief that you're trying to shift out of? Affirmation? Yeah, just something really simple. What's the new belief that you want to practice instead? Well, I put here, regardless of how much I weigh, I'm a good and attractive person. I matter. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So the affirmation is I'm good. I'm worthy. I'm attractive. I'm beautiful. Raise your hand if that's what you want to believe. Like, I feel like this, like every single one of us, that's what it boils down to, right? We all have that need to feel loved, valued, unconditionally accepted, adored. Like, and I don't necessarily mean um, like sexual, but it, it does encompass that as well. But we've all been created. We all just have that little inner child inside of us that is like, 
look at me. <laughs> you know, like my daughter does this to me every day. She runs, mom, watch this, look at me, you know, like nothing pleases her more. And like, I, I, I try to practice with her every night. I'll tell her like, you're the best thing in my whole world. Like, I adore you. I love you so much. You are precious. Like, and that's what we're all still craving on the inside. And that's what we can give to ourselves through that affirmation. Wasn't that class fun? And remember, that's just a snippet of it. So I hope that you'll check out the full class. It's just $22. And the value is just incredible. Like once you wrap your mind around this and once you feel that validation and that self-compassion and that empowerment to begin taking action in a way that is aligned for you, it's really not only going to change everything about the way that you approach self-care through your nutrition, but really any goal that you pursue in your life. So check out that class, head on over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class. It's on sale through the end of this month. So snatch it up. I'll see you next week.